The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. I want to start by reminding the listeners to that next week, next episode is our 100th episode, and we want Ooh. to do something a little special. And uh, as part of that, we're looking for your feedback. If we want to hear from you, what is your favorite tech of all time? And uh, I know the wise guys last week, you know, the wheel. I know. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. How about the favorite? <laughs> your favorite tech? Maybe from your lifetime that you use. Okay, that's that's what we want to hear from you. So you can send that in either as a, like an email or a Facebook post or a tweet, or you could record your voice on your say your phone, like using the voice memo app, and mail that to us. Uh, I'll, you'll have we'll have the contact info at the end of the show. It's technology at sqpn.com, but I'll repeat that at the end of the show. Uh, so, but we want to hear from you, you know, and we haven't yeah. gotten many uh, uh, responses yet, so we would love to hear from you. What's your favorite tech of all time, and why? And just something quick, something, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it is. But we're, we're interested in hearing you uh, from you on that. And uh, we'll, we'll give ours as well when, it, when the time comes. And, and by the way, it, it's not the wheel. It's sliced bread because everybody always says, you know, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So right. sliced bread must have been Very the best technology. <laughs> yeah, <there was> the <laughs> greatest. I think the Super Bowl ad was last year with uh, the uh, Rain Wilson, the guy who played Dwight. Uh, on the mm-hmm. office uh, at the Slice Bread Company. Oh, the Slice. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was a great. That was a great ad. All right. So let's talk about today's topics. Uh, and our first topic today, it comes. It's another listener uh, request. And listener James asked uh, about VidAngel. And he says, this seems like something I've always wanted. Filters. It filters out inappropriate and offensive content from popular movies and shows. Have you heard about it? And what do you think? So. Let's talk about VidAngel. VidAngel is a service that's been around for a while, and the way it works is it the way it works today, and we'll get a little into the history in a second. Is that you you take you have your streaming services that you already subscribe to Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV, that sort of stuff, and you run them basically through VidAngel. Which which is a service that runs on top of it, and then you tell VidAngel what to filter out, and it will filter out bad words. It'll filter out violence or or sexual content, and it like it'll skip scenes with certain things in it, and so it knows what these what where this content is is in the shows ahead of time, and so filters it out for you as as you watch. Okay, so that's that's its main selling point. They also do uh original content as well like if you've watched the chosen which we've talked about on secrets of movies and tv shows uh which is a, a show a, a crowdfunded uh series uh, so multi-season series about jesus and the apostles which has been huge uh they they do that they do something called dry bar comedy which is sort of a friend family friendly uh, uh comedy sh- uh stand-up routines that they uh their facebook i i, I I follow them on Facebook and it's really, there's some actually really funny 
comedians there. Um, and it's, but it's, it's, uh, it's so it's family friendly. So they do some stuff like that. So we have you guys. So uh, have you heard of VidAngel before or checked mm-hmm. it out before? So I remember, I remember hearing about the, uh, the, the lawsuit and this, we're going to talk about the history of it, but that's kind of remember where I remember hearing about it, but I kind of lost, uh, touch with it after that happened because they, the, uh, of course, they were dealing with that lawsuit and had kind of revamped their model to this. And I like the idea of where basically it sits as an overlay, more or less, for whatever you're watching and can just... Because you can imagine they've, they've got people who will watch these movies and kind of mark sections of, okay, there's there's some language here that needs to be blank. You know, kind of like the, you know, the, the curse button on live TV. You know, like live TV usually is five second delayed because as soon as someone says something, there's a guy there who hits the button. And it bleeps it out so that it doesn't go over the air. So it acts much that same way of they know is that, you know, one hour and 25 minutes, there's a, you know, a curse word, just do a bleep there, or just silence the audio or something there. You know, I think that's a good way to good way to do it. And again, the same thing of, of you know, like uh, content, you don't want to see it just skips that chunk. Joanne, have you heard of VidAngel before? Yes, I've had some friends um, who are Latter-day Saints, and they have used VidAngel. And for them, it's important because that's the type of way they want to consume their entertainment. As a creative person, I would be concerned only because language is not, for me, an issue. If you want to bleep that out with a button, that's fine. But if you have to take a chunk out because of other content are you losing any of the flow the of the plot? story right, right yeah that would be my concern now i i mean i'm old enough ugh, and wise <laughs> enough to to know if i start watching something and it's gratuitous it's out of there just not dealing with it but if it's something that's going to be somewhat germane to what's happening all right i run through it skip through it that type of stuff to pay extra on top of Something like Netflix makes me concerned because you're already paying what fifteen dollars a month for Netflix. More and now, you're dropping I think. Yeah. In, right, and you're dropping another ten on it, and it's like, whoa, this better be really good and not choppy. My friends say that sometimes it can be choppy, but again, this is the price they want to pay for for keeping their family entertainment wholesome. And I get it, and there may be people who want that. It's just, you know. I'm just not sure for me. It's a lot like back, you know, uh, network TV, you know, because growing up with the Sunday night movie, you know, on ABC, they would or or airplane movies like they they would show on the yes. airplanes where the all this stuff would be cut out of it so that it could be aired for a general audience. And yeah, sometimes it's it, you, I'd like I remember some like, I don't know, James Bond movies as a kid. And even the as as innocuous as the 60 stuff can be, sometimes there was stuff they would cut out and you'd be like, I don't follow the plot here because something's missing you know there was there was some of that yeah yeah i mean i can't imagine what they would do with something like westworld or game of thrones what would be left (laughs) well do you remember kind of the famous one was snakes on the plane you know there's the the famous line where samuel jackson's going off and he goes i want to make sure i say it right i'm tired of these mother loving snakes on this monday to friday plane (laughs) yes (laughs) yes that was yeah that was that was that was actually how i think it was like nbc or one of those had changed those words. Right, right. 
Yes, yeah, that was the other thing is they, is instead of just blanking it, they would they would they would loop. That's what they call you know you know these uh, dub, it. dub it in with somebody some other word in there, and then you you see the lips moving and they don't match the word. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Try try watching Goodfellas that way. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so uh, for me, like I, I watch a lot of stuff, and I I. You know, uh, I have my own f- uh, filters that, let's say, things that I'll watch and I won't watch. Um, but if I were, if I had kids that I were wanted to watch this stuff, especially that I, you know, I could see maybe wanting to put this system in place. But the fact is, is you ha- if you've subscribed to the services, but you have to go to VidAngel to watch this stuff. So you have to make your kids use the app, the VidAngel apps or you know, instead of the Netflix app, which is right next to it on the screen, you know, that's that sort of thing. So, well, in, in some cases, like if you're using a smart TV, you might not have the VidAngel app right, on the smart yeah. TV. You might have to use Chromecast or AirPlay to stream it to the TV. Although the Apple TV, they do have apps for the various for various platforms. So they like Roku, uh, Apple TV. They do have it on various um, set top box like, devices. Like I said, like like my my Vizio smart TV doesn't right because right, it would right. be on there already. Yeah. So there are some smart TVs, uh, and it's so Chromecast, uh, Roku, Apple TV, uh, Android, Amazon Fire, all those things they do have apps for. But right, you're right, some won't have the app, whereas everything has Netflix and in Amazon Prime and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. To, to, yeah. to at this point, uh, so I mentioned you know we we kind of uh, talked a little bit about the lawsuit. So the way they started at VidAngel was not with streaming services, but with DVDs. And what they would do is is they would take a DVD from you know Disney or Paramount or whoever, and they'd extract the movie, edit it, so edit out the bits, then reburn it, and then sell that to people or rent it. They were selling it and then buying it back, so they were essentially renting it out that way. That was a huge no-no. That the Hollywood got really mad, and they got sued, and they they essentially lost the suit by admitting they they were doing what they were doing. But they settled in September of 2020. They settled the lawsuit. In fact, they they shut them down for a while. Even there was they weren't even making stuff, uh, and so they paid they paid like ten million dollars in in uh, the settlement. And what they're doing now is seen as. Um, it's not a violation because they're not ripping things. They're just filtering it as it plays. And that's that's a whole different sort of thing. And, and one thing we should mention is it's not illegal to make a copy of your DVDs or Blu-rays. For your own personal it is use. Yeah. For personal use, there is the question of whether or not breaking the digital rights management, the, the encryption on the disc so that you could watch it on, say, your Plex server or something like that. That's one of those gray areas that people have argued about for years. That's questionable. Where they stepped, even editing the, the like, if you want to, you know, download a movie or rip a movie and edit it to the way you want it, have at it. The second they sold the discs, right? The second they started, that's where they crossed the line. Making right. money off of doing it is where is what you can't, what you can't do. I understand, though, people want to consume as as much popular entertainment as possible. But there's just some stuff that's there. I'm I'm trying to think of movies in my head that if you even try to run them through VidAngel, they would lose any meaning whatsoever. So that's I mean, then that's where you got to be. That's where mom and dad have to say, look, that movie just not for us. Yeah. 
Well, you know? one, one example that I can remember actually from high school, you know, we're, we had uh, the 1980 or 1981 movie Excalibur, which is King Arthur. Very well done version of the story, except it's got one scene where it's telling about an event and it's flashing between a very explicit sexual scene. And our teacher basically had to cut that entire scene, even though this, the expository that's going on is important to the story, you know, and it's just, but there was no way to cut the sexual scenes because it was flashing back and forth. Right. Like any Tarantino movie, basically, you know, like I said, get Westworld, Game of Thrones, like Westworld, it's not even just the, the I mean, there's plenty of violence, but there's also the, uh, the, uh, the, the the nudity of the of the robots you know that sort of thing i mean if you cut all that out there's you you lose giant sections of the story that are important to the flow and you know you can debate whether that, that any of that's necessary or not or the, but that's just the fact so there is lots of content that you're not that is just won't work you know just won't work from a from a con- consumption point of view just whether it would make sense to watch it this way um so uh, is this something you you would subscribe to? I won't. It's just not. I I, I prefer to edit myself in that sense. Like this, I'm going to watch it. or I'm not going to watch it. But what about what about you guys? What, is this something you would you would personally want to do? And if someone asked, should I should I do this? What would you say to them? If you have kids and you want to show some things and you want to clean up the language, I would say yes, use it. Um, but I think for adults, I think you have to do your own self-editing and say, hey, this is, I mean, my husband loves Apocalypse Now, Goodfellows, anything <laughs> with Joe Pesci in it. Right. Um, and I'm just not watching that because I know every five minutes it's like, okay, sure, <laughs> right. whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see myself using it. I just decide I'm not going to watch it. Um, like, I haven't watched Game of Thrones as much as I, I you know, I know it's a excellent well done very enjoyable series i tried to read some of the books and oh. <laughs> you saw how explicit that was and i heard the movie or the the show was worse and i'm like nah i just ain't life's too short you know so it's just it, it kind of gets down to the point of hmm. i'm a huge um tutor fan and i wanted to watch that series i think i got through two discs and said all right this is getting ridiculous this is not germane to the plot line so yeah you just have to there are some things i'm just not gonna watch that's it it's just me i think that the days when you could you could watch movies you could wait till movies were on broadcast tv and thus be assured that they've been that a lot of this stuff has been edited out those we don't have that really anymore i mean there's still movies shown on broadcast tv but uh, very you know very much many fewer than now and there is so much access in the home to unfiltered stuff that i could see where someone would say i want to have something like those days again for my family and so i'm willing to pay 10 bucks a month to get access to that so there is i i can see that i i just and and to point out the filtering is somewhat granular. You can say, show me this, this, don't filter this, but filter that. So there is there is some granularity and some control over what it filters. But yeah, I could see why someone might want to do this if they want to recapture that sort of uh, TV and movie consumption. But the TV stuff nowadays, I don't think it's just for language and compromising scenes. Now it's for time and commercials. So they're even speeding through stuff, you know, or taking stuff out so they can make sure they get their number of commercials in. 
that's a whole different. I hate watching movies on TV anymore. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, they do. So speaking of the granularity, when when they uh, with the filters, like, for for instance, just to give an example, you can filter all the bad language, whatever, whatever it is, or just filter profanity, but don't bother with the racial slurs or uh, filter profanity and racial slurs. Uh, but you can leave in the D word, but take out the F word. You know, so there is some level of, you know, of, of granularity like that in there. So. Yeah, this like the examples are like they that they give on their website. Do you want to skip the nudity in Outlander? Uh, don't like the mature language in Stranger Things. Uh, want less blood and gore in Hacksaw Ridge? I'm thinking, man, if you took out the violence in Hacksaw Ridge, <laughs> I'm not sure what's and left. What's the plot line? Yeah, I mean yeah. it's 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 a war movie, you know. But right. but I, I I haven't tried it myself. I should probably go in and 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 actually try to watch uh, Hacksaw Ridge with the filter and see if you can adjust it, like show a little less, like if you can say, you know, it's okay to see someone getting shot and falling down, but don't show me the stuff where, you know, the really gory right. stuff that might be worth worthwhile. You know what? I'd be interested, Dom. I'd be interested to see what your kids think. My kids it. don't, don't really watch tv at that much we watch okay. they watch uh star wars basically on tv that's about it and old, and old john wayne movies and that sort of stuff older nice. stuff yeah but if you took a movie that you know what the plot line is yeah and then you show it to them on something like with all these editing filters in it might be i would want to know what they thought the plot line would yeah. be that might be worthwhile i might try to do that see how see how that works <laughs> One thing I want want to mention too, I, I tried to to sign up for it and I didn't get a chance to complete it because it's kind of confusing. Supposedly you can watch it for free, but you have to give a credit card. And I wasn't, it didn't, doesn't make it clear that it's not going to charge your credit card until you submit to it. You know, because it looks like just a typical, it's going to cost you 10 bucks a month and you fill in your information here. And I really didn't feel comfortable giving them the credit card information without having the the click here to say, yes, I want to be free or pay. I think it, yeah, I think what it does is it stuck, gives you the first month free and automatically after the first month charges you, it does, but it doesn't but it say, doesn't that, say that. Right. 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 And right. that, and I want, cause I want to try it out to see what it was like. And it's just, so I, I gave up. So I, I created the account, but I didn't fill in, in the, any of the billing information. So I really, you know, that's something to be aware of that if, cause they do advertise, they call pay it forward, you know, and that's exactly what it sounds like for people who maybe can't afford it could use it and other people would pay for it but i it wasn't clear how you do that so yeah i was also a little annoyed that there there is nowhere on the the site that just comes out and says this is how much it costs a month i had to go you know digging elsewhere to find it i mean maybe it does say it's somewhere on the site but they don't make it they don't tell you up front and i thought well, that again, was a when little you, when, you, when you fill out the Credit card information it tells you right when you I I wasn't even getting to that point I was I I didn't want to I, like I before I even get to the point where I put in my email address that's the thing I don't want to put give you my email address until I know what the relationship is going to be these days because once you have my email address you know then then I'm going to get spammed to to, to you know to heaven and back I, I don't want that. <laughs> And by the way, that'd be time for the hint about how you, if you're using a Gmail based email, how you can do the plus something. So like plus VidAngel and know everything that comes from them or what, that they've resold to. Right, right. There, there is a, that is a, a, a nice Gmail trick. If you, you take your email address, say it's dom at, you know, gmail.com. If you put dom plus 
vidangel, then it will still come to your regular dom at gmail.com, but it will say where it came from. And then you can see exactly, you can see everybody they sold your email address to. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a good, good little trick that I, I like using to when for sites I'm not too sure about. Thank you. I'll be doing that. Yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good filter. So uh, bottom line is, is uh, you know, the, it's really a personal choice it, w- whether you want to do this sort of thing or not. Uh, I don't think that they're nefarious. I mean, I've seen what they do with their original content. And I really I hope that they go with more of this original content like The Chosen has been a fantastic series. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. And just to see the phenomenon that it's become in the in the audience as it supports it. I like and I like that viewer supported model where it's, you know, crowdfunded like that. Uh, I think that that could be a really interesting way to go for them. And I'd like to encourage that uh, original content. But uh, whether you want this other service or not, that's really you got to really you know make a choice on that for yourself. All right, before we move on to our next topic, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Deacon Gregory W., Nancy K., John S., Hans G., and Anthony M. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And now's a great time to become a StarQuest patron. Thanks to a generous gift from a StarQuest supporter, when you start a new Patreon monthly pledge at sqpn.com slash give, the first three months will be matched by an equal amount from our donor. So if, for example, you start a, become a patron at $10 a month, after three months, our donor will give $30 to StarQuest to support all our shows, including this one, which makes your gift go even further. So if you've been thinking of becoming a StarQuest patron, now's the time. Visit sqpn.com slash give today. So let's talk about our our next topic. Uh, there's a lot of talk has been given to people being deplatformed. We've just talked about it a little bit already this month in uh, the, in episodes of Secrets Attack. Former President Trump has been famously deplatformed and banned from Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest, which I'm sure distresses him greatly, and uh, and all these other <laughs> platforms. And uh, and and a lot of regular folks have been. Uh, experiencing trouble where we end up in Facebook jail, as sometimes you call it, or or uh, banned temporarily or permanently from Twitter for various reasons. Sometimes reasons we don't quite understand. Like I, I had posts taken down by Facebook a little over a year and a half ago, uh, which a quote from Saint Augustine, basically telling us don't you know to be nice to other people. Still don't understand why I, that that post violated community standards. Well, what Facebook has is set up, and they've recognized people are a little upset by these problems. They've set up an independent oversight board to look over to to review particular cases of people being banned from the platform and to make decisions on whether that ban should be upheld or overturned. And what's interesting is, is that the board is is independent. And cannot their decisions cannot be overruled by anyone at Facebook, including right up to Zuckerberg. So supposedly, you, supposedly. <laughs> so what yeah, do y'all think of of this? Is this is is Facebook uh, finally come up with a solution to this? Do you think this is enough, or what do you think of this? I, I think my my opinion is is pretty well clearly by saying supposedly. I <laughs> am very skeptical. Uh, I'm skeptical that any of these tech giants have any sense of freedom of speech and you know any kind of rights for their users 
um, at all. And it, and it's, this is not political. There are people who are liberal who are banned from Facebook and Twitter. There are people who are conservative who have been banned from Facebook and Twitter. There are posts, like you said, you know, St. Augustine, a post of St. Augustine that is completely innocuous being wiped off the face of the earth because they decide to. I'm very skeptical that, fr- frankly, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the job of Facebook and Twitter is to get the platform, to put the platform out there. And even if it's the most, even if it's Hitler, literally Hitler, not just figuratively Hitler, literally Hitler, if he's on there, let him be on there. So we can see him for his for his hatred. But give the user the ability to say, I don't want to ever see this guy or anything by him. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I'm in the opinion that they shouldn't have filtering. If they are a platform, not a publisher, and you know, I know this is a, dis- a difference without a distinction, really, anymore. They shouldn't be filtering. You shouldn't be able to. If I don't want to see Dom's post on St. Augustine, I'll block Dom. It's that simple. Joanne, what do you think of this move by Facebook? It's like it's like the cat watching the canary, uh, kind of. Um, I. I have a distaste for Facebook, unfortunately, these days. So I'm not exactly going to be by. I'm, I'm going to be biased, probably. They they've let so much go on, and now they want to clamp down on it. It's almost like you've just let the you've you've let the horse out of the barn. You know, just give us the ability to get rid. You know, snooze people, unfriend people, whatever, and. Because you can't stop what happened. You didn't stop what was going to happen before it happened. And now you think you're going to, you know, have some, you know, because there's no, there is no basis, you know, even a foundation of which to make a basis on it. If somebody like Dom St. Augustine's, St. Augustine quote can go flying off of Facebook and he can end up in Facebook jail. I know people have ended up in Facebook jail recently and I don't know why. You know, it's like, so, and I never know why would they take, if they take something down for me, do they tell you, do they inform you? Do they send you a note saying, hello, we took this down? No, I just see people's, this content has been removed. Well, sometimes that's due to the original, like if you share something and the original person removes it, you're not okay. going to get a notice. But if they, if they take something down from you for violating community standards, they mm-hmm. generally tell you like uh, every every time it's, right. I've seen it happen. They do. One of the things with this board is, is it's so it's they've set this up as a separate trust outside of Facebook. So it's financially independent. Uh, they, they say that it's it consists of 40 board members serving three year terms. Some of the initial members were selected by Facebook, but the uh, the rest of the board and future members will be selected. Will, well, the way they say it, the board itself will take the lead in selecting all future mem- members. So what does that exactly mean? Uh, but also, how many cases can a board like this oversee? How many cases can they possibly review? It's a it's a billion member service. You've got to have thousands of of people getting bans and other things. They're only going to take the most prominent, the most the, the most visible cases. And, like they're like this is like saying. We're we're creating the Supreme Court to try all criminal cases in the United States. You know that what they need is is a is a court system of lower courts. You know, and and a, in a series of appeals. But you also this is only part of the solution because you also need you you need a clear standards. What are the community standards? When I violate a commu- the community standards, you need to tell me exactly what I did wrong because 
if you don't, I don't know what I did wrong. I can't stop myself from doing it in the future. I have no way of knowing what the what the specific transgression was. Why was this a transgression? So without without these clear you know uh, the, the the clear accountability, the clear trans the transparency of what the problem what what behaviors I'm supposed to be be having, it just doesn't work. I also want to ask the question because maybe I've missed this in all of this. Are is all of this curated by humans? Like are humans finding these these things or is it bots that are finding these things? As far as I know it's both. It's, it's a both? combination, right. Okay. They have they have bots that check your, that are, are constantly watching and Patterns. but there's also humans that are charged with looking, you know, reviewing th- for things as well. Yeah, because this is what I don't understand, and I'm I'm going to now talk just briefly from a YouTube standpoint. I have we we do a live stream on YouTube every week, and I have a license to do music over the you know over the over the air, and every week they're hitting me with a violation because they say I don't have the right to do that. Yet I put right on the thing, I have permission to do this. It's automated the, on yeah. YouTube. It's that's automated. all automated. And, okay. and, and what, what drives, what can drive you crazy is I've had, I've heard of uh, priests or others doing Gregorian chant in there th- and mm-hmm. getting a takedown notice because mm-hmm. some music publisher published a CD of Gregorian chant. There was an infamous case uh, recently where uh, I forget who it was, but it was like National Geographic or some, somebody was broadcasting uh, a live broadcast of a launch of a rocket and National Geographic was broadcasting it and by uh, as well as like everybody else. And by some they, they standard cl- put a YouTube claim on the, on all of their content so that all of these inc- uh, uh, YouTube channels were getting takedown notices, including NASA, who was broad whose rocket it was that was broadcasting. I mean, the system is just broken. Well, there, there's so many cases. There are cases where people have put up their own composed music music they wrote they composed and they were performing online and people did and shady and what it is it's the shady record labels uh did a takedown notice on it and and the, the problem with with this on youtube but also on facebook this can be a concern where you get takedowns or demonetized is People lose significant money. You know, there, there's significant if you are if you have a big audience on YouTube, on Facebook, and they remove that ability to to make money off of it or they take money from a video because, of course, you, you can't just do you no know, review this and get an immediate response. It always takes like a day or two to get a response. If at all, I've never gotten <laughs> that one. first day or two. Is when you make all your money. And so I know I know of a number of YouTube people, again, number of people on Facebook, like their Facebook pages, they'll put a, a live live video on either of them and they'll lose thousands of dollars to whoever it was that did this mark against them. And who, and who in some cases know that they don't have the right to it and know that by doing this, they're going to make that money the first few days. Yes. You know, even for regular users, even who aren't monetizing, being you know, being blocked, especially in this last year where the, this has become our de facto public square. It is a privately owned public square. And to be blocked from it is to cut many people off from the ability to connect with 
not just strangers around the world, but even family and friends. I mean, you, yeah, you can make a phone call, I suppose. But there's this there's a there's a, a human element where we, we this has become more than just a website, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, but a way to stay connected with people. Uh, this I, I wrote a blog post recently about, like, is it time for an online bill of rights where is it time for government to step in? And say this is the rights that people have when using social media platforms, like a, a right to free speech. Now, I I know it's not the First Amendment that applies to the government, but you could still legislate that people should have the ability to speak freely, you know, have free speech in a private public forum, a quasi public forum, uh, a right to peacefully assemble, a right to a due due process, a right to face your accuser. A right to know what the community standards, i.e. the laws, are. A right to know what data is being stored about you. And for you to be requested to have it completely deleted, not just, you know, oh, yeah, we're deleting it. Wink, wink. You know, these sorts of maybe it's time that we should have these sorts. I'm I'm generally a small government guy, and I don't think I think there's way too many laws and regulations out there. But it may be time for something like this. And that's the reason why using fa- using YouTube as an example, going back to Facebook, if you don't know what the basic is, and yes, when you sign up for these things, they give you a 25-page, you know, read this and agree to it, which nobody ever reads. You don't know if you're giving your first child to Satan. And, you know, <laughs> you just check the mark because you want to go on. And then later on, you're finding out all this. Well, how are you going to get a board to police that when people don't know what they're being policed for? Right. Exactly. Right. All right. So, uh, I mean, the, I, I think our bottom line on this is it, it looks like an interesting first step. It, 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 it looks like they're moving toward this. I, I have a feeling this sort of thing is coming about because of the bipartisan scrutiny that they're getting in Washington, D.C., and the scrutiny from other places, too, like the EU, which is much more stringent rules about this sort of stuff, uh, that they're, they're trying to head off external regulation but i don't know that that's going to be possible uh with these companies so we'll see how we'll we'll follow this and see how it goes uh speaking of facebook uh you if you are an <laughs> iphone user you may have recently been uh logged out of facebook on your phone you know from the app and, and then had trouble logging back in i've seen some uh i call it fud fear uncertainty doubt being spread around that this is Facebook is trying to do something nefarious to your phone or to your account, or it's a preparation for <laughs> for deplatforming all people of a certain point of view. It's to, to be honest, Occam's Razor. Facebook has always had trouble keeping its servers running properly. I mean, I, I, it's it's hard to fault them. You, you're running a billion users with thousands of tra- you know maybe hundreds of transactions, computer transactions a day, you know, uh, computer activity on their servers each. So I'm not surprised that they have problems, but this is just another part of that. Uh, uh, what do you did you all experience any of this? Oh yeah, on every device, not just an iPhone. But I have a feeling because Apple and Facebook aren't playing nice right now. Who knows if that's part of what's going on? Immediately, I've been on Facebook fast for the past couple of months, but I've had this happen before on my Android phone, on browsers, on you know, cookie gets corrupted, so they have to make you log in again. I mean, this is. This is just part of life. We get so used to being able to just instant on to think of, wait, I got to actually look up my password. <laughs> right. Well, do you remember I, back in the early days of Twitter, how bad Twitter was? I mean, the fail whale became a, a, a 
term oh, yeah. that people used uh, because the fail whale was a the the graphic when Twitter was down. You'd see a, a picture of a whale and they'd say Twitter's not available right now, and that just became known as the fail whale. I mean, it happened so often that it became part of the lexicon. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Facebook as its programming practices, especially like on the iPhone, have been a bit shady in the past. There was a, a time when they would they would play and. A, a silent audio file in the background in order to keep the the app alive uh and and to keep it active and which would kill your battery because it's constantly playing this thing and um yeah that was a big no-no <laughs> and apple smacked them, their hand for that and various other things like that so yeah this is just bad programming i think <laughs> not something nefarious all right and then our third headline is uh th- this is a, a nice story there is this tiktok uh user named Jimmy Choi and he has a page where he does uh, exercise and that sort of stuff but he has parkinson's disease and he in one of his tiktok uh, videos he talked about the difficulty of you know with parkinson's you get tremors your hand shakes and he talks about how difficult it is for someone with the, this sort of disease to to take pills to get one pill out of a pill bottle which you know frankly as someone who doesn't have tremors is sometimes a, a real pain especially as small as some of these pills are but just something that simple in how he wishes there was a better solution and so what happened is is another tiktok user watched the video and said hey and this guy's a videographer who has graphic design experience yeah he has graphic design but not product design experience but he ended up downloading a, a 3d modeling software figuring it out teaching himself the thing designing a 3d printable bottle that would help dispense one single pill because it wasn't a product like this on the market. And then all the other, he posted that video, the community picks it up. People uh, refined it. People started 3d printing it. They're giving the bottles away to anyone who requests. They're donating, you know, for $5, I'll, I'll send you the bottle and, I'll, and they're donating all the proceeds to Parkinson's research, etc. I just thought this was a really cool story. Have, have you either of you uh, checked this out? Oh, it looks really cool. Yeah. It looks like a very a great idea because, you know, we all know people that they have the handful of pills. I can see this not just with Parkinson's, but, with, with you know, you get someone who's elderly and they're, they're, they're dex- they don't have the dexterity they used to have. Um, it's a great idea. And it is very simple. It's just basically the pill drops into a little slot at the bottom of the base. You rotate the base and then you basically take a shot. And pills are very expensive. So that if you're dropping them all over the place, and I, I read his article, it's like I feel for the man because they're going all over the place and he wants to try to pick them up and people are walking all over him. My fear for him is that somebody will steal this idea because it's on TikTok. He's patenting. The, so the original designer is patenting his design, not so that he can make money off of it, but because he's had people approach him wanting to use this to make money. And he's and he's determined to say that this this should always be freely in the common you know Creative Commons and you know free for people to make. Other people who have made re- re- refinements are they control their designs. But I just I love the idea of uh, of these of people. We live in an age where we have you know people have three D printers in their home. Uh, we saw this a lot with the beginning of the pandemic when there was so much difficulty getting some of these protective devices in hospitals and stuff. People 3D printing them and, you know, creating them and bringing them and donating them. It's such an interesting time period now where this sort of thing can happen just virally. You don't have to wait for a big company to do it. And this is this is why I'm a fan of, you know, open source, whether it's open source programming or other things like this, where Creative Commons is, you know, another word for it, where Stuff can be put out there free. You can download it. You can do it. You 
you know, yeah, some of it takes a little bit of know-how, like how to run a 3D printer or whatever, but it's available. And big companies won't want to do things like this because their bottom line has to say, well, is this going to make us any money? But in the meantime, people who really need the product, you know, at least through something like this, might be able to get it if you can learn how to do it at home or somebody can do it for you. I think it's I think it's a great idea. I just would hate to see anybody take advantage of things like this. Right. A couple of thoughts is one thing is it takes forever sometimes for products to go through the product line in, in, a, in a company and get approved and manufactured. And this happened, you know, within weeks. The other thing that, that I was thinking of was when they did this. A lot of t- they they say in this in the article I'll link uh, uh, in the show notes is so often products for the disabled are made for the disabled but not in consultation with the disabled whereas this pro- product was done in consultation with Jimmy Choi and uh, Jimmy Choi yeah Jimmy Choi and other people who were suffering these symptoms and there there was a collaborative process they were they, it was not being done for them it was d- being done with them. And that's that's empowering in many ways, it's, it's, you know, for whatever situation you're in to, to be part of the solution and not just have someone do it for you uh, is really nice. Yeah. Somebody who's had to take care of elderly, you might think you know what they need, but they really need to tell you what they need or show yeah, you what exactly. they need. Yep. Uh, yes. Asking is is key. All right. So uh, let's move on to our picks of the week. Uh, Joanne, why don't you go first with your pick this week? Well, mine is an app that's been around for a while, and it's also now, if you're an iPhone user, it, it's built into your system. It's called Shazam. <laughs> those of you, it's 60s reference for those yes. of you who might know it. Um, but it's a music. What it does is you, it allows your um, microphone to listen in to what you're listening to, and then it will tell you not only who and what the song is, but it'll give you the lyrics. Now, the reason why I'm I'm saying this is a wonderful thing is because as I'm getting older, I'm beginning to forget these things. Not so much not so much um the lyrics sometimes, but who did this. But I also the funny story is I I do a since the beginning of the pandemic, a trivia night every week with folks in my area. And now these folks range anywhere from their mid 20s to 70s. And this week I did an experiment where, you know, we did a finish the lyric type of thing. And I hear these rap songs and I hear all these things and I'm going, are you serious? I don't know this. So I, so now full disclosure, I don't use it to game myself in the game, but I'm sitting there and using it now to say, who, what's the name of that song? What are those lyrics? Because I listen to this music that I, I don't come in contact with all the time anymore. So I found it. I know you can also get it on Alexa. Oh, please. I hope I didn't. The A-Lady. Um, <laughs> but she's not as good as as the iPhone built-in or the app itself, I've come to find out. So if it's something, if you're a musician, if you're older and you just want to remember the lyrics of your youth, uh, I will never tell anybody they should game a system or play a game. <laughs> but I think Shazam, even though it's been around for a while, is still a very helpful tool. And right now, commercials are the best ones because you're hearing yes. all these yep. songs on commercials that you say, I used to hear that song. Well, hold up Shazam to it, and it'll tell you who did it and 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 what. So it's just a fun app to 
to get back in touch with. Absolutely. When I was uh, in my previous parish, I used to do a trivia night at the local brewery. And part of it would, half of it would be, I would play snippets of songs and you had to, you know, kind of like name that tune. It would be like about a minute. I mean, it'd be long enough. You could figure it. I wasn't like I play, you know, a little, little chord and that was about it. But <laughs> uh, one time I, I played it instead of ran the, the trivia and Google does the same thing as Shazam where it will show up and it'll actually show up on your lock screen. And I had my phone sitting next to me, not even thinking about it. The first song comes up. I start writing down. I look at my phone and went, Oh, flip the phone over. <laughs> no cheating, father. <laughs> but I, but I, what I used to, what I used to tell people is, you know, cause my little run in of how we do trivia, you know, welcome to trivia, da, 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 da. By the way, you can't phone a friend. There is Google is not your friend. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> oh, but I, I mean, I was listening. I get, he plays some grunge sometimes, you know, really stuff that you know, dead Kennedys or people like that. And it's like, I don't know these people. Who are they? <laughs> And then I look at the lyrics and go, and that's why I don't know these people. Exactly. So. <laughs> I've uh, I've done it uh, like in a, in a restaurant or uh, like out at various places. It's playing over the sound system. If it's loud enough over the the, the hum of the crowd of the the crowd, the people in the you can you can sometimes get it. And so I've I've done that. Like found songs like that's kind of cool. I want to I want to you know remember that or uh, you know that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think yeah I. I uh, I think it's great. It's, I've I've actually had things where with the commercials, like that's just very familiar. Like I didn't know what the song was. Like what song is that? Oh, I know that song. Yeah. And in the past, with it before we had this, we just had to suffer. Now we can find out. And by the way, Dom will, Dom will get a kick out of this. Uh, at, whenever you watch a Star Wars movie, at the end, it'll show you know closing theme by john williams (laughs) right right (laughs) and iphone users you don't have to download the app it's in your control center you just have to make sure that you put it in your control center yes which makes it comes up as a little icon makes it much quicker to get it open and running while the song is still playing (laughs) so i'll uh, i'll put a link in the in the uh in the pics of the week show notes for how to use shazam on your iphone uh and your ipad you, even on your apple watch you can you can do it so it, it's a lot of different ways all right father Corey, what's your pick this week so continuing with kind of with phone but different thing of course when you're driving you're supposed to be hands-free you know and pretty much every state and union now has uh you know that you can't be sitting there talking on your phone or you know playing with your phone in the car of course that doesn't stop people but I've been stress testing a mount, a dash mount for my car, and it works really, really well. It's called the, now, if you're familiar with the company Skosh, they make a lot of aftermarket car stuff, you know, things for stereos and things like that. Well, this is the Magic Mount Dash Magnetic Mount for Mobile Devices. What it is, is it's basically a, you know, little mount that you stick on your dash. You know, it comes with a little double-sided tape to put it on, and then it's a magnet. And it has metal brackets that you put in your phone, either on your phone or on your case. Um, if you have a one like the gel cases, you can you can put it on the phone. It'll work fine or put it on the case if you don't want to put it on the phone. I know that's a concern, like with some of the newer iPhones, they've got like the anti stick back. Uh, in my case, my my in my case, pun intent, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> the case is too thick. So I, I tried to put the, the, the little metal, it's just a little piece of metal, you know, a little piece of iron or something uh, inside the case. It didn't work, but it had two of them. So I put it on the back and it works beautifully. It shows you like if you have a phone that's got wireless charging, put it at the bottom of the phone, which interestingly on my car, the way it's the way the car set up and everything, it actually works better to have it. So the, the phone is basically held on by the bottom 
you know, the, the bottom of the back and it sits up from there. Uh, and it works fantastic. I've been, I say I've been stress testing this because my regular drive between the two parishes is gravel. Most of it, about, about 15, 20 miles of gravel. And it's not smooth gravel. This is not a, you know, nice smooth back row. This is washboardy and you're bouncing and swaying around as you're hitting the gravel and everything. The phone has not dropped once in about a month that I've been using it. It just, you smack it there. It stays there. Um, and it's got the little swivel mount where you can tighten it. So you can turn the phone however you want, you know, and it works great. Cause you know, I'll start my podcast. I'll start my uh, audiobook, just listen to Star Wars ah- ah- Ahsoka, which is I oh, really yes. enjoyed. Really good. Driving down the road, um, listening to that, and the phone is just sitting there. And, you know, if you your phone has it like uh, Android does now, where you can say it, if you're paired to this Bluetooth device, then don't be locked. Just turn the screen off. So if I need to, I can quickly just swipe the screen up and look at whatever I need to look at without taking my eyes off the road because the phone is right there in the windshield. It's... It's a great little device. They're not expensive. I paid a little bit more than it is on Amazon because I bought it from Target, but yeah, I think it was like $12 currently at, at Amazon. It just, it, if you're on the road a lot and you need the hands-free, it's, you know, it's not very tall. Again, just to be able to take your phone, smack it on there, and you're done. And then when you're done, you just pull it off the magnet. That's it. It, the key thing is, is if, it, if you have Qi charging on it, is you don't want to put the, the metal between you know, right where the cheat charging coils are underneath right, right the phone's the back yeah because metal blocks uh magnets so <laughs> you wouldn't be able to charge your phone anymore so that but yeah that's a really cool that's a really cool idea yeah i wonder how it would work with the new magsafe on the iphone's 12s i wonder if if you would need it yeah that's it might not actually um because it, it is just it they're magnets yeah just, they're literally just magnets is what's on the device itself you know on the little mount itself so or you if have to try it and see if if the pulls are reversed, maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to use it. That would be interesting. Well, and that and that might be why it says to use um the little the metal metal thing on the case itself because and below where the MagSafe piece is. Okay, I, I would I would uh, maybe look at some of the uh, reviews on Amazon say and uh, see if if iPhone twelve users if you have an iPhone twelve uh, what they say. But uh, but yeah, that's a that's good inexpensive mount. And it works. Like I said, it, I've been bouncing down gravel roads and it has not it, it that little swivel. Of course, like all those little swivels do, you know, you got to tension it once in a while. But the phone itself has not moved. Nice. Very nice. All right. So uh, my pick this week is an Apple specific pick. Uh, so we've, we've got two. Well, Shazam is cross platform, but it is. But it's owned by Apple. But this is an Apple specific pick. This is a so extension for the Safari browser called Hush. And it does one. it does one big task with subtasks under it but it does it very well and it's free so that's the first step is it's free and it's open source so that people can look at at it and what it does is it blocks the nags all the naggy stuff cookies you know you know you're constantly seeing that thing please accept my cookies because you know europe has the, the gdprs so now you have so you're constantly being asked to accept cookies uh you get uh private uh invasive tracking certain uh track your you know your browser habits your your uh, various other behaviors like that this blocks everything it and it does it in the background quietly uh all the pop-ups all the various uh annoyances of using the 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 web 
and it works on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad, all those places. Uh, it's it's private, so it doesn't track your behavior. It doesn't collect trash reports. Nothing. I'm sorry, crash reports. Nothing leaves your device. Uh, it's free of charge. Uh, there, it's small. It's a very small uh, app, and it's open source, so that other people can check it and see that it's actually doing what it says it does and what it claims to be. So uh, this is it's called Hush, and it it's for your Safari browser. So check it out. Doing it as we speak. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that really kind of bugs me is like the floating toolbars. So as you're scrolling, the thing that floats mm-hmm. along, uh, that that gets rid of that sort of thing. Uh, so it it's it it really cleans up your browsing experience. I use Facebook, which you can use like a uBlock Origin for a lot of that, and it, yes. it really does make it kind of nice where you don't have to worry about that stuff going out. Right, and and it and especially on your, uh, it works with other blockers. So if you you can have multiple blockers all doing similar things. So uh, if you want to have, you know, if you're if you've got blockers, but they're not quite blocking everything, this you can add this in, and it will catch the other stuff that the others aren't. Excellent. So I think that should do it for us this time. Uh, If you have any feedback for us on our discussion today, or if you have anything you'd like to have us discuss in the future, uh, and if you've got your feedback for our our 100th episode on your favorite tech of all time, you can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology, or commenting at the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And I'll put links to all of the for all the topics from our discussion, all the links, and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Please, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Quest.